0: Welcome to another episode of Through the Lens of Christ. I am here with Steve Dowster. How are you doing, Steve? I'm fine, Adam. How are you? Good. Good. I'm Adam Baker, and we have Ashley Vorwerk with us as our fearless producer. Um, we get together uh, to have these conversations about life, about uh, things that are happening either in the news, things that are happening in culture, things that um, we have... Uh, even if it's just questions or or thoughts bouncing around in our head about uh, theological things and biblical issues. um, We we just like to talk about those things. So we find it very helpful for um, us together to sit and have these conversations. We certainly hope as people listen to it that they can engage, whether in agreement or disagreement, at least having conversation on some of these topics is important. So uh, we hope that you find it beneficial. And certainly, as always, please, um, if you have comments, if you have questions, if you have things that you'd like us to discuss – please let us know we are if you've been listening to us for any length of time we're open books and we'll talk about pretty much anything so um but so for this episode, what we want to talk about is Christ in the workplace. Um, the idea that uh, for the vast majority of us, we work in a secular setting. Uh, we work in a, um, we live in a largely post-Christian world, and work in a secular setting. And how do we actually bring Christ with us into the workplace? How do we be um, both a light and how do we be evangelistic when there's we're also bound by certain constraints? And um, how do we do it effectively? So, um, Steve and I want to talk through. Uh, that aspect and hopefully be an encouragement for how you can bring Christ into the workplace. Yeah, good. Does that mean I need need to start talking about how I've done that in my life? Is that probably the th- place to start, Steve? I think that's an amazing idea.
1: Well, here we go. yeah, so I guess I'm just thinking about this. You know, we came up with the topic again today <laughs> as we start talking about this, but but I was just thinking as you were speaking of, you know, there's been different times in my life with different jobs that I've had that I, that's come about in different ways. So I can think of early in my life and career, say in my 20s and early 30s, honestly, I didn't think that much about it. I was just kind of fast-tracking, trying to, trying to do well with the companies I was working for and trying to move up the career ladder and do all that stuff. And, uh, and that was, honestly, I think that was a lot of lost time. And um, I knew Christians then. We had Christian conversations together. I did with other people. But I wasn't actively looking out and trying to um, kind of develop any kind of community or a real fellowship with those people at that time. Then there was another season where I was more in the corporate environment for probably, well, about 11 years uh, with one particular company. And it was much more intentional then. Um, had an office. Um, people would come into the office and we would talk about meaningful things together. Um, I knew and they knew who the Christians were in our workplace. And we kind of had a, you know, not even a, and not even really any kind of an organized fellowship, but a loose fellowship of who we, who we were. And we'd always try to talk to other people and we'd try to talk about Christ and talk about what um, the church and our faith meant to us in, in that environment. And now the last, you know, nine or ten years, I've been in a whole different situation in a much smaller environment working Mm -hmm. for the company I work for where it's very, very easy. And and I'm not going to say expected, but we talk about Christ with our customers like every day. Um, So we have a lot of good interactions with our customers and have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. So I don't have that corporate overlook. Um, And and I'm actually kind of thankful about that right now because I'm sure you can add some color to this, you know being a Christian in a corporate environment today uh, with CRT and all the different LGBTQ issues is much different than it was for me 10 or 12 years ago. Sure. Definitely.
0: De- so before I share thoughts on that, I got a yeah. couple questions on, well, sure, on all that. Up. So you, you were talking about sharing with uh, some of your customers. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and are you talking about these customers are all believers and are willingly engaging or are these people who, you know I just have an interest right I'm assuming it's not some combative sharing but it's some people maybe not believers but in some way seeking some people believers yeah um,
1: I'm look I'm looking for connection with my customers and so do the other people that I work with in our office we're looking for ways we can relate to them and get to know them personally so as we do that opportunities often come up sometimes it might be just someone that has some sort of a a faith idea in their head, or th- or they make a mention of uh, they might have prayed, or they might be having difficulty in some area. So when that happens, we try to step in. I mean, the natural thing for us to try to do is step in and just ask questions about that. What's going on in your life? How are you thinking about that? Yep. Um, can I be of help in any way? Mm-hmm. And so we engage our customers that way. And so that, that I think sometimes, well, that brings out a lot of interesting conversation. Um, I mean, sometimes it's like they don't wanna go there, sure. but more often than not, People are really willing to go there. We're, we're one-on-one or in a very, very small group and able to interact that way, and they're very comfortable with us doing that. So, so that leads to lots of different questions to see where they are. We let them know where we are. I let them know where I am and say, yeah, here's, here's who I am. This is what I do. This is what I believe, and here's how um, I think it might be able to help you in different ways. Yeah. And, and oftentimes they're giving me a lot of help too. They're saying things to me and, and encouraging me as I try to encourage them.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like the idea of you're listening for what people are talking about, right? You're talking about yes. being relational with people and that requires a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if somebody came to you and was talking about little Timmy's baseball game. Sure. You would ask more questions about okay, well, and it's the same kind of idea that you're saying, "Hey, I'm listening for this. Now here's an opening where I can talk to somebody and engage with them on a personal level about something that I'm also passionate about."
1: Right? What's what's important to you? What are the things that, that you know, kind of are you think about every
0: day and why are you working? Why are you doing the things that you do? Yes. Yep. yep. And so so you talk to somebody says, I, you know, I'm praying for good weather or whatever. And you say, oh, so you pray and they shut down the conversation. Where do you go?
1: Well, I might just go somewhere else. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm praying for good weather, too. That's great. We we have something in common there. Okay. I'm not praying for bad weather. So so yeah. And then you know, well, if you're praying for good weather, what are you yeah. doing? Good weather, or or you know, yeah. our, our, it's it's the classic thing too of just being aware of our surroundings. Looking, I'm, I'm looking around the office for things that I might be able to talk about because I, I mean I. I'm kind of a, I'm a salesperson kind of. So you could say I'm I, I'm not using that as a leverage to get in. I, I really genuinely want to know these people. Right. And once I do, then we can find out if I can genuinely help them or not, or if right. they can help me, or maybe not. I mean, honestly, I've gone to customers or uh, prospective customers places of business, talked to them, and made friends with them, and they'll never buy a dollar from me. I mean, yeah. so so I just know them, and we know each other, and we have good conversations whenever we happen to cross paths.
0: Yeah, That's and right. I think, and my thought is is that as you're having these conversations, right, you're, you're trying to get to know people, but you're not trying to enter into some sort of argumentative position oh, or create some and and I think when we think about sharing Christ with people we often think that it's an argument right we think yeah. about well I don't want to do that because I don't want to offend somebody I don't want to make somebody angry I don't want to get into a fight with somebody it doesn't mean that right, right? you're just saying I want to find some common ground and if that common ground is one if the common ground is already Christ and it's another believer amazing yes right? if that common ground is that there's somebody seeking amazing yes if that common ground is that it's not about this, then there's no reason to, to hammer it home, but yet you still stay listening for an opportunity down the road.
1: Yeah, I want to be kind to them. I want to find ways to, to love them and serve them, and and th- to me, I think that is the way that God glorifies himself through us to others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It's yeah, No, nothing combative. I mean, do I get into occasional, you know, weird discussion with someone about something? Absolutely. Right. Um, and because we also find out our backgrounds. I mean, fortunately... Um. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I if they say, well, yeah, but I'm I'm a Roman Catholic, or I'm I'm a Lutheran, or I'm a Missouri Synod Lutheran, or I'm a, you know, you know, whatever. I it, yeah. I got an idea where they might be, and we can go from there. Sometimes. Yes. Or or oftentimes they're nothing, right? Yeah, I mean, they're no, no. none religiously. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rel- yes. Religiously unaffiliated, and we have a yeah. conversation about that, perhaps.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, I look at you were sharing some about your your history. I look at mine in the in the corporate setting. I've been in of corporate retail for 23 years now. Um, And I, I look at when, it probably wasn't until, it probably wasn't until my early to mid 30s that I actually intentionally tried to cultivate those relationships at work i see know. we're similar to there right. as yeah. far as timeline yep and i Too bad for either one of us right I was, sooner, you right? called it a waste and i would agree with you right, right. I, I look back and i'm like man and and yeah partly because i was very focused on career like this this is what you need to do and this is where you need to go and one thing i didn't see anybody else doing was talking about christ so it's like okay it wasn't a conscious thing where i said i'm not going to it was just a it wasn't part of the culture so yeah. you just this is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm here for, and I have a church, and I have a family, and I have those conversations go there, and this goes here, and two things you don't talk about at work are religion and politics, and so we're going to stay out of that field and, and be done. And so, you know, I I definitely missed. I I often think back to all the relationships that I've had along the way that could have benefited from spiritual conversations, and um, you know, you you I don't you don't live in regret, but you certainly live in repentance and go, you know, I know I'm not going to. I'm going to consciously try to avoid failing in that way again. Um, and I even look at some of the conversations that I had in my 20s and 30s and that were not God-honoring. Whether I was not having true religious conversation or not, I was not representing the gospel that I adhere to. Um, and that's disappointing because even if you're not going to have the actual conversations about Christ, you better live it. And, you know, I, I think about ways in which I just I wasn't a, a light. I, you know, and it's not... To me, again, I look at all the wasted energy, which part of that is age and maturity and spiritual maturity. Yes. Um, But it's just it's such a disappointment because you think, man, I've been a believer a long time. I mean, at that point, I was a believer for like 10 years. And now being a believer between 12 and 22, it's not like I had this massive amount of formational growth. Right. But still, I knew better. Right, and you know, you just look at all the people that you engage with that God put in your path that you could have either grown from, or you could have helped to grow, and you just miss those opportunities. Um, so yeah, so I would say that. Go no, ahead. No, I was gonna say, would would you say in that
1: time period um, that it was really more? I mean, I kind of look at that as dividing my life. Like I'm a church person here, I'm a family person here, and maybe some there's some mixing there, of course, and then I have this other life at work. Where I'm I'm with everyone else focused on the same thing, which is probably career advancement, making money for the company, doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But I wasn't integrating I I wasn't living an integrated life. Yeah. Um so faith wasn't integrated with my work and work integrated with my faith in in the way that I feel like it
0: is now and probably should be. Is that do you feel the same way? Definitely. I mean, I think we've talked a lot in the negative about identity and you know, the positive is your identity in Christ. And I would say I did not identify with Christ. It wasn't all in and through and everything that I do it was just it was an aspect of my life yeah um, and again you talk about things that are unfortunate and it, it just it is right yeah. Um, so yeah I definitely think that there was a there was a change for me that became a I guess a disillusionment with corporate culture where I had to get old enough to realize what Wait a second. If I wanna, my dream when I was young was like, man, I want to be a CEO, and I and and you know, people kind of take you under your wing, and you've got these mentorships, and hey, you're gonna you're gonna promote to here, and we're gonna move you to here, and you're gonna do this, and all that feels really good and enticing. It's kind of I talk a lot about revelation because we spent so long teaching it, but I I think a lot about I I think of Babylon, right, and just the imagery of what that is this this attractive, amazing thing where you're just drawn to it, and it seems all good because that's what the world is is pitching and so you just like you get so consumed with that that you forget everything else um, and but when you're talking about identity and your identity in Christ it took me a long time to get to a place where I was going wait a second if I if to be successful in the corporate world I've got to essentially give up my family I've got to essentially give up uh, my efforts from a church perspective I've got to not talk about my faith I have to, all those things I got to put on the side and which Again, when you're talking about identity in Christ, it means I need to give them up. Yeah. It's not just put them on the side. It means I need to give them up. And, like, it's, it's it didn't sit well. Yeah, it's a huge cost, and I think about my time in the corporate world, and I think of you know who's
1: mentoring you and who's bringing you along is all important, and and really God just protected me from all of that. He gave me a lousy mentor, you know the, <laughs> the, the the person that I was reporting to or the person that was leading me through, um, the ladder, if you will, yeah. uh, was was a terrible person, and and so that was that that affected my whole career, and I was I was upset about that at the time, and looking back, I'm like, what a blessing that was, uh, yeah. that I could I could remove myself from that kind of rat. race mentality and start focusing on what was meaningful yeah. that was that was a grace that I didn't realize at the time but it, I look back and it was a huge grace in my yeah. life
0: yeah I think actually one talking about those things that kind of have worked what you thought was working against you was working for you yes. right? right I um, um, like, I don't drink, right? I grew up in a house where, like, you didn't, and it was this legalistic environment, but, it, like, I didn't. And so I never really had a desire for it. I just never did it. But in a corporate setting, you drink. Right. And so when we would travel, when you'd go somewhere, like, we you work hard and play hard. And so everybody's going to the bars, and a lot of people going to clubs you shouldn't go to regardless. And But that is where the the magic happened of relationship and promotion and building all – I was like, no, because I would go to these places and I would try be like, I know if I want to do what I want to in my career, I got to show up at this bar and I got to hang out with these people. It is horrible. And so I would be so uncomfortable and they would be so uncomfortable. And it, it just it actually diminished relationships rather than built them. And yeah. I think for me, that was a big eye opener of um, I think the reason that I never that I never drank. I think the reason I was never drawn to it was exactly for that so that I wouldn't get caught into this environment. And it would be kind of the one break in, in all those relationships. And I'm like, man, you know what? I, I, I see it as a annoyance that I couldn't do the things that I thought that I wanted to do, and but God was actually in all of that, kind of protecting and shaping and, and building.
1: I have a similar story with that too. I started off not drinking at all in my whole life. Um, you know, later in the well, later 10 or 15 years of my life, I'll take a drink here and there. But mm-hmm. the people that I used to work with at my old company, they still think I never don't drink at all, total abstainer, which was fine. Um, starting off. That was difficult the first few years of doing that. Mm-hmm. But what I found was there's there's a group of people that really want to be party animals. To do this stuff every time they're gone right so they want to do that there's another kind of group that kind of tag along with that group because they want to be on the in crowd but there are other people that really they'll do that but they don't really like it and so and so with all it takes is one oftentimes depends on the crowd and how many people but if, if one person is is you know firm in their convictions of what they want to do all of a sudden you f- i found that people would come gravitate toward me like you're not drinking, are you? You yeah. you mean I can get away without doing that and still be a part of this company? I'm like, they haven't fired me yet. So so you know so 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 then so you start developing. There's there's an opening for conversation. Why don't you drink? Why aren't you getting soused with these other people? Why aren't you running around and doing these things? I'm like, not my deal, man. Uh, I've got some other things that are my deal. You want to talk about them? And and we kind of get into a conversation. So that was helpful in my in my career as well.
0: Yeah, and I found in that like uh, where I work now. We used to, we don't anymore, but we used to uh, bring in a lot of people from BYU, so a lot of Mormons. Mm, we sure. used to recruit heavily. Great workers, right? They command great. Very moral people. But, right, and usually. they no drinking, okay? So, right. I, like, that was my group, right? It was like everybody thought I was Mormon forever, and so, but... I had some great conversations with these guys because we, you know, you, you get into the finer aspects of belief and we are way different, but you, when you're talking about who Christ is and they know their Bible. And so we could actually engage in some deep conversations, have some really good, healthy. I, I think you were alluding to earlier that you've been in some interesting uh, semi-combative conversations with people. Sure. I, I definitely have been with, with my Mormon friends, right? But in a, oh, yeah. in a in good, healthy way, kind of, right? Yeah. Stretching each other and pushing each other and, so I think had I done all those other things, I would have never been able to have some of those conversations, which actually helped strengthen my faith and, and my belief in Christ. And yeah. so I, I guess kind of the long-winded way into how do you bring Christ into work is that first you got to make sure that Christ is your identity. Yes. You know, if if he's not your identity, if he's an aspect of your life, you're not going to bring him into work. Right. It was. I know it was easy for me. It sounds like it was easy for you to kind of leave him at the door and eventually you have to go I, c- I can't leave him at the door right no. he he is me right. so i've i've got to i he's got to be with me um but then once you do that and you start building the relationships and people know that's where i think you know if you were in your mid 30s so you've got you know, X amount of time after that that you've actually enjoyed the fruit of being able to have Christian conversation with people yep. and seeing people seek you out for whether it is whether they're in a tough spot, whether they have questions, whether they're just seeking or whether they just need Christian conversation. Yep. That's been one of the the greatest blessings in my life when I kind of when I finally figured that out is the conversations I've had with people that I thought you weren't allowed to have at work that I, it's it's been a it's been a true growth and blessing for me. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think I I think one thing I would say is you don't have to compromise. Right. You don't have to compromise. And then the other thing I would say too is just in short form. There's a, there's a time that you can be bold and a time that you don't have to be bold. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can I can remember one bold time. Um, I, I interviewed for this this job, and they they flew me to do the interview, and, and I, I, I honestly went on it as a practice interview, and I said, I'm you know, I'm not going to take this. I'm sure they're not going to give me the job. But I, I was interviewed by this guy, and he just asked me questions, and I just laid out straightforward answers to what I believed about things. Absolutely. And I'm like, if, if I'm going to work for this com- company, they're going to know exactly who I am. And I got done with the interview and, and thought it would, Just okay and sure enough they're like we want to hire this guy and so they hired me which was an amazing thing and and it just set the next 20 years of my life in motion but all that because i was bold at the right time and and very outspoken about some things that just worked out and it but doesn't have to be that way sometimes it needs to be subtle conversational relational slow methodical yes working through relationships yep
0: yeah, oh, I agree, and it's it it has become a joy, which again, you know, you learn over time. Um, but just the idea that I don't have to not be me, I can right. actually understand that it's Christ in us who should be filling every second of our day. And you know, I, I think there's there's been a lot of times where now everybody knows that I'm a pastor, and some people it kind of bothers, you know, not it just makes uncomfortable. Sure. Um, but for the most part, people are they. They either have questions because it's just a novelty that they want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, or they genuinely know. Hey, look, I I can actually get some some counsel, um, and then it's understanding when you say you're a pastor. Like, what does that even mean? Right, right? it could mean a lot of different things, <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah, that, that I I, fast. I I
1: thought of one other aspect of this whole thing when I was younger that that I would encourage myself if I could to not do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was much more concerned about I have got to provide for my family, and I've got to do this, and I was really more hard-driven when I was younger to make things happen because I was a sole breadwinner for my household. Not that I made, was compromising, but that was during the time I was doing the leave the Christ at the door thing, as you mentioned, and, and I would encourage my former self not to do that. Yeah. That, was, that was not wise. Um, I should have been less motivated to do that yep. and more motivated to just let God rule and reign and, and allow His sovereignty to rule my life, rather than me trying to take things kind of into my own hands to make it happen that was a difficult and, and I mean it, it worked out great but in in some fashion yeah. but it was also a missed opportunity and a lack of growth and, and maturity in my part that that was in that time
0: well and you you see the um, you see where it could have gone right yes like it could be very costly to do that and I we've talked about it um, um, before in, in this idea of the worship of self mm-hmm. and so you think I have to do it. And I I was even at the point where, well, God gifted me this way so that I can go do this. And so I need to put everything into this. You can make all kinds of rationalizations for it. you gotta be careful. Yeah. And so we can be fully diluted and forget and then give away everything else. And so I, I agree. I think for anybody listening to this, whether you're young or old, understanding that, that, who we are in Christ is what is of most importance. And so how do we make sure that other people know it? Because there's people out there who need to know it, whether to be an encouragement and a hope because they're also believers and and they need to know somebody else is like them, or because there are people that that are actively walking a path to hell who very desperately need to know who Christ is. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Steve. Thanks, Adam.